You are welcome to the teaching ministry of God's servants, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi is the president of Jesus Family Outreach, senior and founding pastor of Jesus Family Fellowship in Nigeria, editor and publisher of Success Info, Bible News and Relationships. His teachings are simple, sound, and easy to understand. I believe you will love what you will hear and be edified in the process. Happy listening. You are so wonderful, Jehovah. So excellent, so beautiful, so glorious. Your works are wonderful. They make us wonder. When we consider, Lord, your beauty, consider your love, consider your mercy, revealed to us through Jesus Christ. When we consider your marvelous works in our lives, in our midst, we are short of words to express our gratitude. Father, we bless you tonight. For you have made this conference a success. You have given grace and strength to your people to come daily, both morning and evening. Father, we worship you. We want to thank you because the meeting is almost over. But I know that you have a blessing for someone tonight. And I pray that that person, oh God, will receive what you have for him or her. No one will miss out in that which you have planned for your people. May your favor be upon your children. May your face shine upon your sons and daughters. Thank you for doing so. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Have your seat. The heavens over your head are open already. You have found favor in the sight of the almighty God. And because you are favored, every door before you is open. From this moment forth, there shall be no more closed doors in your life. Amen. You didn't hear me. I say from this moment forth, forever and ever, there shall be no more closed door in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And because I believe that the doors are open, my heart desire tonight is to share with you how to keep that door open forever. Because many of us in the past have had doors open unto us and we also shut them by ourselves. Many times God blessed you and before you know what's happening, you lost it all. Things began to work beautifully for you and before you know what's happening, it's like the door slammed again and shut before your eyes. And you start to cry. I've seen people rise and I've seen them fall. I've seen people in deep trouble and they cry and pray to God. And before they know what is happening, the doors close before their eyes. Due to their own carelessness. God told the people of Israel that due to their own carelessness, due to their own sinful ways and their own stubbornness, they will lose the inheritance which he has given them. And that is to say... We can keep the blessing and we can also lose the blessing. But it's not the desire of God that you lose anything. That's why he says that whatsoever the Lord doeth, it shall be permanent. Nothing shall be added, nothing shall be subtracted. 
If you have taken into consideration all the teachings you have been receiving in the church, you will realize that your own destiny is in your own hands. You are the one who decides the size of the cup with which God blesses you. You determine the blessing that works in your life and the one that doesn't work. You determine that the door that opens in your life and the one that remains open. And so tonight I want to encourage you. I want to sow a seed in your life. I want to show you how to keep your heavens open. I want to show you how to walk so that the doors that God has opened and is opening and will open will never be shut again. The Bible says, don't be deceived. Every man reaps what he sows. Does it not bother you that the Lord Jesus has told us so many beautiful things that will be happening in our lives? Many proclamations have been made, many decrees have been made concerning our health, concerning our salvation, concerning prosperity, concerning protection, concerning weapons that are forged, concerning, you know, treading upon serpents and scorpions. But when we look at our own experience, it appears as if these things are not real. Is it that God is a liar? No. The level of manifestation that each person will experience is determined by himself. And that's why I want you to pay attention today. If you want your heavens to remain open, number one, avoid shortcuts. The door is already open so that you can make it. And you know that God, when he opens the door, he backs you up to give you speed. And Pastor David told us this morning that, that haste is not the same thing as speed. Being in a hurry is not the same thing as speed. I want you to know that any shortcut to success will eventually cut your joy, your celebration, and your life short. It's important that you always remember what God said will be, will be. If God have declared that whatever you lay your hands to do shall prosper, trust him. You don't need to cut corners. You don't need to cheat. You don't need to do fraud to make it. You don't need to steal to make it. You don't need to do any of those wrong things that people do to make it. Just be patient. Keep working. Keep practicing the principles of the covenant. Keep working hard. Remain focused. Remain determined. Keep giving. Keep sacrificing. Keep tithing. Keep doing everything God taught you in the scriptures to do. And at the fullness of time, there shall be a manifestation. Remember, we are told today that he makes all things beautiful in its time. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 to 10, the Bible says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All these I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. So who are we to worship? God Almighty. Who are, who are we supposed to serve? God Almighty. But you see, Satan took Jesus, showed him the whole of the world. I am aware you came for these people. 
Look at it. They are in my power. Delivered to me by Adam. I will hand it over to you. You don't need to go through all that stress that, the, that, the, that God Almighty has prescribed or decreed that that must be the way. I want to make it easy. I want to cut the journey short for you. That road you want to take that you're prepared for is a very hard and tedious job. It's a very rough road. And if you don't accept my offer, I'm going to make it very, 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 very ugly for you. But I'm not here to fight you. I have come here to make it easy. All I want you to do, very simple, it's not as stressful as the pain and the torture that has been decreed for you. Just do like this. Bow down and worship me. Very simple. There is nobody who will not like a very short cut, a very short, short, short road to a destination. Everybody wants to see how he can cut corners, how he can make it fast, how he can, you know, get these things done without having to go through all kinds of pain and struggles. Look, any success that you don't invest into is not resources. It must cost you something. So he's saying to Jesus, it will cost you nothing. I'm offering you this thing free. Just bow down, that's it. So he tempted our master, and if he tempted him, who are you that he will not tempt you? So offers will come, opportunities will come. The devil will tell you all kinds of stories. He had what the man of God told us earlier in the day. He said he's be any 10,000, 10, right? And he had opportunities, many temptations. He said not one, not two. He said even more than 20. He, he has lost count. He said millions will pass through his hand and the temptation is always there to take it, but he will say no. You know what? The devil will always present to you shortcuts. Don't try it. Do you know that if Jesus had bowed down to Satan, that is the end of the salvation of mankind. That is once again, man has submitted to him. The first Adam submitted. Now the second Adam is about to submit. But Jesus knew more than that. And he told him what is written. Only God shall one bow down to and worship. And you are not that God. So get lost. And the devil left him alone. Praise God. So I want you to know that opportunities will be created for you by the enemy. So you must be able to recognize the door which God has opened and the door which the devil has opened. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. Don't allow the devil to plant wrong seeds into your mind. Don't allow the devil to create opportunities to soil your hands and close your heavens. I want you to know that success is the diligent application of the word of God. There is no other way. Is a fruit of diligent application. Diligent application of the word of God. There is nothing like hard work. Nothing will ever take the place of hard work. If you are not a hard worker, success is not inside for you. But if you are a committed hard worker, dedicated worker, I am sure you will make it. For the Bible says in every profit there is labor. Your labor will bring you profit in Jesus' name. So the Bible said the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. It says a fortune made by a lying tongue is fleeting vapor and a deadly snare. You'll find this in Proverbs chapter 21 verses 5 and 6. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. You are in a hurry to make it. You are in a hurry to become wealthy. And in the process you will double into things that you are not supposed to. 
At the end of the day, the Bible says, where will it lead to? Poverty. You may gather here and there, but at the end of the day, you still come back to what? Poverty. A fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a deadly snare. A snare is a trap. Opportunity to make money by tricks is a trap. A deadly trap that the enemy has set for you. The Bible says money made by lying tongue is a fleeting vapor. You will see it like this before you know what's happening is gone. You know when you are boiling something and then they, when you open the lid, you see the way they steam, the vapor will just rise. Before your eyes, everything made like this. Fire. So you will look at the money and the money will take wings and fly. Proverbs 13 verse 11. Dishonest money dwindles away. But he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Hallelujah. Everybody say little by little. I know you don't want to hear that one. What you're here for is that man of God will just prophesy and before you know what's happening, you go home, then you see a bag of money in your house. If that happens for you, to God be all the glory. But you and I know that it doesn't happen like that. You may have a sudden breakthrough, a sudden visitation and plenty of money comes as a result of the business God gives you. But that doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen every day. The Bible said dishonest money. That's what I'm against. Dishonest money. Fraudulent money. You do a business with somebody, you eat your own, you eat the person's own. You borrow money from somebody and you will not pay the person, but you will continue to use the person's money to trade and then the person is suffering, his own business is dying, his own investment is dying because he cannot inject money, he was expecting it to be honest and be faithful as agreed, but you have failed him. You think you are growing. The day you come when you start to pay back. Somebody gives you goods, sell and return the money. You sell, you keep the money. The person will come, you will say they have not paid. Meanwhile, they have paid, you have invested the money, and you are seizing the money to increase your own money while the person is suffering. And the person is crying to God. That's dishonest money. It's not until you see somebody's money and steal it that is dishonest. We must all learn to be honest in all our financial transactions. So that God can bless us. Any shortcut will bring you misery in future. He said, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. I am emphasizing this because today, everybody is in a hurry to be a millionaire. Everybody is in a hurry. Even in the church. Before, people used to pray that God would keep them away from position where corruption takes place. But now, people fast and pray that they be put in such possession, position so that they can make more money and build their house and buy cars and be great also. Christians fast and lobby for such things. Number two. If you want to keep your heavens open, do not give in to pride. Any form of pride. Any form of pride. Do not give in to pride. Success can become suicide depending on how you attend to it. A little breakthrough and the shoulders of the man becomes too high. You know what the Bible tells us? Pride goes before the fall. Pride is an announcer, a proclaimer that this man, this woman is about to fall. So once you allow pride in your life, 
Be, you know, because you are succeeding and climbing to the top and you are progressing and suddenly you begin to allow pride, very soon you will start to fall down. It's not a curse, but this is a spiritual reality. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. That is what Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 says. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. It goes before. It goes before. It's an announcer. It's a forerunner of destruction. So once you allow pride to enter your life, it means that the enemy is setting you up to destroy you. Proverbs 15 verse 33 says, The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Why pride goes before destruction? Humility comes before honor. So you see a man who is humble, he will keep rising. But if you see a man who is proud, he will start going down. So which do you prefer? I prefer humility. What about you? Be humble. How do you know you are humble? You can still be corrected. You are still teachable. You are reachable. Someone can discuss with you. Someone can talk to you honestly. You don't snub people. You don't look down on people. You don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. You don't talk to people sarcastically or with arrogance. You treat people with respect and dignity. You avoid boasting about your achievements and your wealth. That's humility. So don't look down on people because you are up there. <laughs> Just learn to keep a low profile. And keep pride and arrogance out of your life. Do you know what I've discovered? There are so many wealthy men overseas. But some of them are still driving cars that are up to 12 years old. Some of them have been living in the same house for the past 30 years. They haven't changed it. If you pass them, if they don't tell you that this is so-so and so person, you will not know. They dress like you, talk like you, behave like you. But if you were to be <laughs> a Nigerian, <laughs> they will close the whole road. They will divide the police into three. Take one part. Give them vehicles to be blowing siren because they want to pass. Shout on people anyhow, behave anyhow. You buy a small car, when you are playing the music, it's like the car wants to bust. So that they will know somebody is passing. Pride. Before you can be great, you must be humble. And if you want to remain great, you must remain humble. Remain humble. There is nothing you have on earth that you will carry home to heaven. None. They all end here. Number three. Don't allow your job or business to eat up your time for God. If you want to keep the heavens over your head open, you want these doors that God has opened for you in this conference to remain open. These doors you have been praying and fasting that God will open for you. If you want these doors to remain open, don't allow your job or business to eat up your time for God. You must nurture, maintain your relationship with the Lord. No matter how busy you are, 
you must find time to be with your wife and your husband. Am I correct? The same way, no matter how busy you are, how occupied and how fast your business is growing, and how much schedule you have in your work because of the new position that God has graciously given you, you must not allow these things to affect your time with God. God must remain the most important person in your life. If you remember the first message we preached in this conference on the workers' day was about opening your heart to God. God must remain the most important person in your life. Your relationship with him must supersede every other relationship and every other thing. Remember the Lord thy God, for it is he who giveth the power to make wealth. So whatever you have attained in life, it is God who gave you the power. He gave you the wisdom. He gave you the opportunity. He created that chance for you. He gave you that favor. He caused you to be lifted up. And so don't forget him. The moment you forget him, things will start to go down. God told King Asa after he put him on the throne. And King Asa started very well. He began to pull down altars and shrines and temples, you know, and all the high places of worship. And God was so pleased with him. And everything he will consult God. And God was backing him up. He had victories in the battles. And one day God sent a prophet to him and told him, Look, I like what you're doing, but hear me. As long as you're with me, I am with you. The day you turn your back on me, I too will turn my back on you. That was what God told him. And God meant it. It was not long because I noticed from my study, every time God begins to speak like this, he knows that there's something that is about to happen. It's a warning. He forewarned him. But he forgot. And one day there was a, a nation that came against him. Instead of him to consult the Lord, he went to seek the priests, the gods of the Moabites. He went to consult them. And a prophet was sent to him and the prophet said, Is it that there is no God in Israel that you have done this? And he said to him, Who made you an advisor to the king? Aya, take him away and go and lock him up. They maltreated that man and God was very angry. It was not long. He was diseased in his feet. Instead of him to consult God, the Bible says he sought the physicians and he did not seek the Lord. He died. He killed him. He didn't survive it. But God said, as long as you're with me, I am with you. When you turn your back on me, I turn my back. That is to say, we must remain connected, remain intimate, continue to hunger for him, nurture the relationship that we have for him. Never be so busy. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to read the Bible. You don't have time to go to church. You don't have time for self-meeting. You don't have time for conferences like this. You don't have time for activities of God. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. So the more you draw nearer, the more nearer God also will draw to you. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing. Some are in the habit of abandoning fellowship. Some are in the habit of staying away when meetings like this are held. Some are in the habit of staying away from Bible studies. Some are in the habit of staying away from church. God said, don't do that. Let's not stop meeting together. Let us keep encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So I encourage you. 
nurture your relationship with God. Number four, if you want to keep your heavens open, don't allow your giving and your tithing to degenerate to a cold sense of duty. Don't allow your giving and tithing to degenerate to a cold sense of duty. That is to say, you just do it because it is commanded. You are not doing it because you understand it. You are not doing it because you are excited about it. You are not doing it because your heart is warmed and stirred. No. You are doing it grudgingly. You are doing it because you are being forced. You look at the face of the pastor before you do it. You are doing it so it will not be said that you are not. Remember, as much as God is interested in what is in your hand, he's more interested in the heart with which you are giving it. Go and study your Bible. Apostle Paul said, let every man give cheerfully. For God loves a cheerful giver. The heart with which you give it is much more important than what you are giving. And that's why he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that if you give everything you have, even your whole body, and you have not love, that you're wasting your time. So never tithe grudgingly. As God is elevating you, you should be grateful. You should be thankful. You should be happy that God is the one partnering with you. That God is the one opening the doors. That God is the one bringing the success. That God is the one making you smile. That God is the one who is doing all these things. And so you acknowledge him and tithe to him. You give him his share. You acknowledge him and willingly you are sowing. Willingly you are giving. You don't wait for announcements to be made. You don't wait for them to call you and remind you again and again and again and again. Hallelujah. Ah. God is good. Tell your neighbor, be a delightful titan. Be a cheerful giver. I know sometimes giving can be tough. Especially when you don't have enough. And you need money urgently. And you have to give what we call a sacrificial offering. At that time, you may not be smiling. But yet, you are doing it with the whole of your heart. Not grudgingly. There's a difference between giving and crying because you really need God's intervention. Not because you have it, but you are saying, God, I put my life in your hands completely. There's a difference between that and you are doing it and you are grumbling and you are complaining. I don't even know why I'm giving you this thing, self. They just keep troubling or struggling. I don't even have, they don't even ask me how much I have in my house to take care of myself. There are two different things. If giving opens the door for you, giving will keep the door open for you. If tithing secures you open heavens like God said that he will bring our tithes and offerings that he will open the windows of heaven and pour blessings upon us that will not have enough room to accommodate it. If you want that heavens to remain open, what do you do? You keep tithing. Whatever you know you were doing that made God look upon you with mercy and favor and break the barrier and open the door for you. Keep doing that thing. Don't stop. If you say it's prayer that I was praying that made God answer me, keep praying. If it is kindness that you kept showing to people, you always feel concerned about people's affairs. You always interceding for them and showing your presence there to encourage them. That made God reach out to you. Keep doing it. Don't stop. 
You know what many of us do? We do all these beautiful things, tithe, soul, sacrifice. As soon as things begin to turn around, we begin to sing a different song. That shall not be your lifestyle anymore in Jesus' name. Say, I will be faithful forever. Hallelujah. God is the one who is blessing you. Acknowledge him. Number five, don't forget the ministry where God blessed you. And the people who helped and encouraged you when things were rough for you. Did you hear my advice? I'm talking of how to keep the heavens open. No? Don't forget the ministry where God blessed you. The people who helped and encouraged you when things were rough for you. Galatians 6 verse 6 says, Anyone who receives instruction in the world must share all good things with his instructor. I've seen situations where people, as soon as God opens their, their way and money begins to flow, the first thing they say, no, this church is too small. Not only here, they do in many churches. They go for the bigger ones. They say, there they will meet business people. People who will give them jobs. People who will give them contracts. So you see, the motive for going to church is not for God, but for business. I remember many years ago, one young man left our church. After we showed him love, I counseled him, taught him, showed him what to do for him to make it. He was not willing. He was thinking that once I just pray, everything will just change. I said, it's not like that. This is the principle of God. This is how to work. First of all, determine what you want to do. Pursue with all seriousness. The same principle that I write and I teach, I gave it to him. No, he went to one big church. I won't mention the name. Because people were going there and they were talking about breakthrough and he was looking for someone to help him. That was his reason for going there. That there he would meet a lot of big people who may help him. Unknown to him, I know the place. There they will teach you, don't give to anybody who begs you. The guy stayed there and roasted for some time and then finally he began to listen to the same principle which I have already taught him, which he refused to practice. What changed his life was the same principles which he didn't want to practice. But going there, hoping that someone will come and help you because you told him stories, you are wasting your time. We can't run away from the truth. You don't need to change church. You don't need to forget where God blessed you. And don't forget that sometimes God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to his congregation. God blesses us so he lifts up the people in the congregation so they can plow back what he has given them into that same work so that the work can prosper. And if you fail to do that, there's every tendency the enemy may attack you and win over you. Amen? It's not a curse, but it's an actual fact. Some of you forget those who labored with you when you, are doing, when you were rough, when life was difficult. They helped you, gave you money, gave you food, gave you clothing, encouraged you, spent time with you, fasted with you, prayed with you. They may not be pastors. They may be ordinary members like yourself, but they were always there. They show concern. As soon as you get up, you forget them all. You even laugh at them. Can you imagine all this? We started together. All of us were struggling that time. They are still there. They don't want to rise. How many of you are familiar with what I'm talking about? It will not be long, the person will crash. I don't want you to crash, that's why I'm telling you these things. I want you to stay faithful, I want you to stay focused. I want you to keep your eyes on the Lord. I want you to maintain this thing that God is delivering to us in this meeting. Your life will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Always show gratitude to people because if you are not grateful, then sorrow is inevitable. 
You must learn to appreciate people. Appreciate the pastors who supported you. Appreciate those who spoke into your life. Those who counseled you, who prayed with you. Appreciate those who stood by you, who gave you money, who gave you food, who were there crying with you, encouraging you, praying with you. Whether they are pastors or not, don't forget anybody. Don't laugh at them when you rise above them. Don't ignore them. But let your heart be, how can I help this person? This person was a big help to me. How can I help this person? Look at David. David remembered what Jonathan did for him. That if not for Jonathan, Saul, Jonathan's father, would have killed him. And when he eventually took the throne, he was thinking of what can I do for Jonathan, my friend. Now he's dead. What can I do for him? That was when he located Mephibosheth, the cripple. And that young man, he brought him to his palace. Both of them eat on the same table. From the same pot. Just to show gratitude to Jonathan. May God uplift you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know what to say much because there's no time. But don't forget what I have just said. Number six. Success does not make you equal with your pastors. Hello? Should I repeat it? Success does not make you equal with your pastors. The day you start challenging the authority in your heart or with your mouth, that is the day you close your heavens. And it will just be a matter of days before the whole thing will start to manifest. You know there are some people as they begin to get wealth, money start to flow, they become more arrogant. They feel they now have a voice. They cannot talk anyhow. They feel that when someone has money, he has got power. So he can negotiate. He can talk. He can decide what should be done. In the church or in the environment where he finds himself, that is a lie of the devil. And that is pride in manifestation. And James chapter 4 verse 6 says, God opposes the proud. But gives grace to the humble. It's not the devil who opposes the proud. The devil is the one who makes people proud. You know why? Because he knows that God will oppose you. So he sets you up against God. And the same person who pushes you will go back to God and say, Your word said that pride goes before a fall. And that you oppose the proud. And touch not my anointed. And do my prophets no harm. See the things he's saying about your servants. Do what you have said in your word. The Bible calls him what? The accuser of the brethren. He will push you, suggest to you, stir you up to do it, and at the same time, he will accuse you before God. And demand punishment. And then God will say, okay, 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 you can... Do whatever you like, and then, but this, 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 don't do. And then problem will start. You will not know the transaction that is going on behind your back. Did Job know the transaction between Satan and God? No. Did Peter even know that Satan has asked for permission until Jesus told him? No. To challenge your pastor is to rebel against God. It is to rebel against God-ordained representative. It is to rebel against the authority of God upon his life. 
Don't allow the devil push you to that level. Because if God used him to pray for you and God opened the door, God also can use him to close your heaven. Remember, Jesus has a key to do what? To unlock and also to lock. He said, when I open, no one can close. And when I close, no man can open. The day you start snobbing your pastor, that is the way you start having problems. If some of you have been very, very intelligent as you think you are, and I pray you be, you will note that every time you start to nurse evil things and start, and start to, you know, look down or reduce your pastor in your heart without saying it or without acting it, things start to go wrong in your life. Check it. You may say amen when he prays for you, but in your heart, you are not right. It won't work. He may scream over you, prophesy with tears in his eyes and sweat and blood and everything is coming out. Nothing will work. I remember the testimony Bishop Oyedipo gave once of a lady who was not a member of his church. He never met this lady before. And unknown to him, this lady hated him and has said all manner of wrong things about him. He took it upon herself to just be running the man down with her mouth. And so he was afflicted by God with a strange affliction and disease. And so she went from place to place. There was no cure. She did all kinds of treatment. It was not working. But as God will have it, you know God is so gracious and merciful. She was led. Somehow she came to a prophet of God and asked for prayer. And the man of God said to her that God has just revealed to him that you spoke against a very highly anointed man of God. You have used your mouth wrongly and what you did not know is that when you were doing that, it was God you were fighting. And God is saying, no one can deliver you. The only solution is go to the man, confess to him face to face what you have said, what you have done, and if the man forgives you and prays for you, it will be well with you. There's nothing I can do. You can go. No prayer. At least she has an idea of what the problem is and where it's coming from. It was tough, but she had to do it. She sought audience with the man. In fact, you know, that kind of man, you can't, you, it's not easy. So as he was just coming out from the hall, that's when he started talking and was weeping. And the man just blessed her and said, he doesn't even know what you are talking about, but whatever it is you have done, you are forgiven, you are well. And that was how her problem instantly left her. The man doesn't need to fight you, but God will. He said, touch not my prophets and, sorry, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Remember in Matthew chapter 10 verse 40, he said, he who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives the one who sent me. Remember that. And your life will never be the same. And then in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. The writer has this to say. He says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give account. Obey them. So that their work will be a joy. Not a burden. For that will be of no advantage to you. You are not to make your pastor's job, your leader's job, a hard job. No. Obey them. Make it easy. 
If your pastor is grumbling and, and, and is bitter towards you, do you know that his bitterness towards you because of what you are doing without opening his mouth to speak over you and curse you or abuse you? That can stop things from working for you. Go and read your Bible. Number seven. This is very crucial. If you want to keep the heavens over your head open, you want to see these doors that God has opened for you continue to remain open, keep away from sin. Sin kills and destroys. It hinders a flow of blessing. Sin is rebellion against God. So you cannot be rebellion against God and expect God to be blessing you. So if you want the heavens to remain open, then align yourself with him. Walk closely with him. Walk in holiness. Remember, after Jesus healed that man by the pool of Bethsaida, he said to him, go and sin no more. Lest a worse thing before you. The woman who was to be stoned and she opened the door of life unto her. He said to her, go and sin no more. So when God opens a door for you, just, just follow him. Many people come to God to solve their problems but they are not willing to live for God. That's why sometimes it appears as if the blessing they received left them. The healing left them. The sickness came back. The demons came back. Jesus said when an evil spirit leaves a person, he will go from place to place, go walking through the desert, looking for a new home to occupy. If he finds no one, he said, let me go back to my former house. So the devil will return again. And then he will investigate. If he says the house, that the house is not occupied, that means the person has not allowed Jesus to occupy, he will go and get seven stronger spirits, each of them stronger than himself. And he concluded, that person's position will become worse than before. That is to say, the problems always return because we continue in our evil ways. The breakthrough has come. Does not mean it cannot go away. Hello? Hello? Did you remember what God told the people of Israel when he brought them into the land? He said, if you worship their gods, eh? if you continue to walk in their ways, the same way they walk, the same way the land rejected this world, that's the same way this land will reject you. You will be driven out of the land. Were they driven out of the land or not? Yes. Keep away from sin. There is no big sin. There is no small sin. Sin is sin. Keep away. In Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 quickly. The scripture says that surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So if you are here, you are here to surrender your life to Jesus. Or you claim to be a Christian. You are still fornicating. You are still lying. You are still cheating. You are still stealing. You are still doing all the wrong things. You still have all grudge. You still have enemies in your heart. You still gossip and enjoy doing the wrong things. I tell you, run away. He said, it's not that I can't help you. I can't reach you. The problem is your sin has now become a stumbling block, a barrier between you and I. I want to, but I cannot. The Lord help you to walk free from sin. One more time, I read the scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 15 verse 2. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, 
he will forsake you. Hallelujah. Did you see that? So what do you do? Walk with him in righteousness. Finally, don't live your life in fear. What kind of fear am I talking about? Fear of losing what God has given you. Fear of the door being closed against you. Fear. Fear. Job said in chapter 3 verse 24, 25, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. All I want you to do is to believe that you will not lose what God has given you. Amen? Amen. Don't live a loose life. Don't live a life of fear. Live a life of faith. Believe that God has opened the door and as long as you walk right with him and you put all those principles that I've told you in place, you won't lose it. And truly you will not lose it. For when he opens, no man can close. Like we have been told in this meeting, in this conference, you are the only one who can close the door that God has opened for you. Only you. No one can close it. Only you. Only you. Only you. Only you, no other person. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, embrace the truth. Walk in such a way that this blessing that has come upon you in this conference will not be lost ever again. Rise to your feet, let us pray. I believe God has spoken something to your heart and I want to ask you to open up your mouth and say, Father, I have made up my mind to walk with you in such a way that these blessings will keep flowing in my life. I will not lose it. Open your mouth and pray. Help me to apply what I have learned tonight. Eight things that I've said with you. Say, Lord, help me to put them to use. Help me to work them out, practice them. You are not praying, you know. You are praying, you are looking left, you are looking right, you are looking to your front, you are looking at the, behind you. What kind of prayer is that? You are here, you are here for yourself. Talk to God and say, Father, Lord, I don't want this door that you have opened to ever be shut again. Help me to walk in such a way that these doors will never, never be shut against me. In Jesus' name we have prayed. My dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I release your favor and your blessings upon your people. They have heard your word and the words which they have heard will not return back to you void. It will accomplish that which your purpose in their life and it will prosper and that which you have sent it. Lord, you said set an open door. That door to begin to manifest in every area of their lives. Amen. Let doors begin to open. For them, for marriage, for employment, for admission into university, in the name of Jesus. Father, be open for greatness, be open for wealth to flow, be open for conception so that babies can be born in the name of Jesus. Be open for marriage so that those who are not married can be married. Lord, I command every door the enemy has shut to be open in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Let new doors, let new doors open. Let new doors open. 
to bring your blessings into manifestation. To cause them to experience your favor. To cause them to experience your goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let us hope faces to shine. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I prophesy over you, you will not conserve in such a way which God has opened for you will be shut again. The Lord give you grace to walk right before him. The Lord give you grace to walk intimately with him. The Lord give you grace to stay faithful, stay committed, stay loyal, and be free from sin. In the name of Jesus. Pride will not rule your heart. Grace to be humble, receive in Jesus' name. Grace to remain teachable, receive it now in Jesus' name. Grace so that people can still speak into your life. The word of God can still speak into your life. Your family, your, your spouse can still speak into your life. I command that grace to rest upon you in the name of Jesus. You are highly favored. Can somebody say, I am blessed? I am blessed. Turn to the next person and say, I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. Hit your chest and bless. I am uncursable. Because the blessings of God is upon me. Everything I touch will prosper. Everywhere I will gain acceptance. Don't keep opening for me. In the name of Jesus. Because I am blessed. There will be no more hardship in my life. My life shall no longer be hard. It shall be easy, easy, easy from now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you believe it, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Say one more time, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe you have enjoyed the teaching of God's servant, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. For further information, please contact us at pastor at jfoutreach.org or call 0805-247-2923-0805-6066-186. Visit our website at www.jfoutreach.org. Come worship with us every Sunday by 8 a.m. at Jesus Family Fellowship, 20B Bayawemimo Street, off Olomawewe Bus Stop, off Ishari Oshu Road, Ikotun, Lagos.